State Farm Insurance knows that understanding and investing in our cultural identity is paramount in protecting our future. We know what it's like to go from nothing to something, to wish that we had better financial literacy when we were younger. Luckily, State Farm is here to help. With funding programs like Project Ready, which is committed to education achievement and has already awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to black and brown youth since 2021. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Yeah, I come from the school of Tupac. I'm around. You don't want to what? Man, listen to me. Hell, I'm not your average seat, bro. Hold up. Tess, I want to ask you a question real quick. Let's just keep it real straight shot with no chaser. I'm going to get a little bit rough. Here. God, we don't stand for him. Who we? I'm here for those who really believe in the American process. All of us. Straight shot, no chaser. With your girl, Tesla Figaro, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. What's happening, straight shooters? This is your girl, Tesla Figaro. Today, I have my girl, Ebony K. Williams. She is an attorney, Arthur, host of Holding Court, right here on the Black Effect Podcast Network, host of Revolt Black News, and the newest cast members on Real Housewives of New York. And she is my girlfriend, my sister, beautiful, beautiful Ebony K. Williams. Thanks for joining me with your busy schedule. I feel honored. <laughs> of course, Queen T. You know, I'm always make time for a queen like you and happy to be on. Is this my first time on Straight Yes, Shop? it no, is. Yes. I, yeah, it is. Yes. I Can't clap that. for us. Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. So, yeah, I'm glad to have you. I know we're pressed for time because you are a busy, busy woman. So I want to get straight to it. You know, I've never yes. watched a reality show ever in history. Right. I've right, never watched right. a reality show. I, I tried to watch one at one particular time and it just never, you know, we have to stay constantly in the news, watching the news 24 hours a day. But when you join Real Housewives of New York, obviously, I wanted to support you first and foremost. But I wanted to make sure that I understood why you were doing what you were doing, because honestly, I didn't see you that way. That way, you know, like, how does she fit into that mold? And now that I'm watching, I get it. I get why you accept this opportunity. It makes total sense to me. I understand. But I want to ask you just flat out before I even ch- get into that. How are you doing, Ebony? Because this is a huge emotional toll. Um, and a lot of folks that don't work in the space that we do maybe just kind of see these reality shows as what they call it, trash TV or, mm-hmm. you sure. know, entertainment. 
But to you, what you're bringing to that space is what you do all of the time, which is black excellence and understanding the nuances and the importance and how every word matters because of, you know, your background. Mm -hmm. So to many, you know, it may just be entertainment, but to you, it is obviously a very, uh, a big lift an emotional lift. And so you took off social media a couple of weeks ago for that reason. Yes. Tell me how that's been. Yeah, Tessa, I appreciate the inquiry, right? Because it is all of what you said. It is my honor and my privilege to be able, right? To, I get to do this, uh, to represent a level of Black excellence on this particular platform for the first time, by the way, in the franchise history of 13 years, which is unconscionable, but that's where we are. So I took the hiatus because I am a human being, you know, um, and, you know, we all know about those strong black woman uh, narratives and we are strong and we're human and we're complicated and we are vulnerable. So for me, it was a, a requirement to pull away from some of the just more visceral scrutiny. And I'm not new to this. Right, Tesla. I mean, you and I both have shared space in 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 the deepest of arena, uh, particularly you know during um, appearances and, and time at Fox News. So I know what it is to get those those horrific trolls. But frankly, after my time at Fox, I hadn't really been in those spaces since because I'd more or less been with my people you know, um, during my work at Revolt and other spaces that have been predominantly uh, Black and of color. So that was just a necessary thing to me. I mean, people are going to say what they're going to say. That's not my business, but I don't have to avail myself to abuse, mm -hmm. right? And I think that's important for people to know. So I took a step back. How am I feeling today? Much, much better. Um, there are still some Karens and trolls out there. Please believe it. But I'm, I think two things to be candid, Tess, I think I'm, I'm <laughs> the, the muscle memory Right. Really of of what, you know, I, I was used to during those cable news days has come back, you know, so I'm, I'm a little better equipped now for the, the Teflon bounce off kind of mm -hmm. effect that I used mm -hmm. to employ very well. And, you know, I'm kind of getting my swag back with that. And the other thing is I'm being so beautifully affirmed by people that appreciate, appreciate this representation. And yes, a vast majority of that appreciation looks like us. And a lot of it doesn't. A lot of it are people that do not look like us that also are, are are very keenly aware that it is time for something different, something fuller that represents this is New York City, for God's sakes. You know, mm -hmm. how are you going to have a show that's exclusively white in what is said to be the most diverse city in the world? We know 55 percent of New York is both black and Latina. It's unacceptable. So I'm getting really positive love and affirmation that keeps me focused on the work. Well, for those who who are not watching, I just kind of want to go over that on why you did have to take the the hiatus. You had a very challenging episode. I watch every week, by the way. I would talk about your cast members, but I know y'all like to bring up podcasts on the show and who said right. what. And, and I don't want it's, people it's bringing a, it's it. It's so messy. Yeah. Because yeah, I got plenty to say about a couple of folks on the cast that, you, that you're dealing with. But you took off uh, because there was a, a very heated exchange between uh, you and Lou um, did it start with, did you take up right when it was bet between you and Lou about making the comment about you being an angry black woman? And yeah. it was over two weeks, a two week period. Right. Because over that two weeks, there was a few things we needed to deal with. We needed to deal with the angry black woman comment. We needed to deal with my using the phrase white fragility. And we needed to deal with the microaggression of when Heather called me articulate. So there was a few different um, and there was probably some other microaggressions thrown in there that I forget. Uh, but I did because I knew that the reaction was going to be so severe. 
Um, and I say severe tests because there were both people that were extremely finally happy to see because, you know, Roni and a lot of these, uh, you know, all white, uh, predominantly white franchises of the platform, they they have displayed what what we call casual racism for years. You know, um, and I mean, these are not secrets. Their episode where one of the Roni cast members, white woman on the Upper East Side, walks into a nice restaurant in, in Manhattan, sees a black man, gives the man her, her coat. That man don't work here. You know, so it's stuff like that. Uh, you know, there was a lot of controversy around Luann uh, last season uh, or two seasons ago, rather, showing up to a Halloween party dressed as Diana Ross. It looked like blackface to me. Uh, and many others. So that that history is there. So I knew that once I started really calling a thing a thing by addressing the fact that when you call a black woman angry, mm-hmm. when this other white woman just cussed y'all out, call y'all and be constantly cussing them out, by the way. Right. Uh huh. <laughs> right. On a daily basis. And they're right. never called angry. They're never asked to leave your home. There's a discrepancy here. And I have to that's the work we do, Tesla. You know, this is what we do. That's why this show is so dear to my heart. Straight shot, no chaser. I also call the thing a thing. Ma'am, that is a stereotypical trope that you are leveling at me. And I will, I will always call that out. And if that's messing up some people's good time <laughs> to the mm-hmm. folks that feel like they only want to watch this show for shits and giggles and laughs and entertainment, I'm not going to let white supremacy prevail for the sake of your entertainment value. I will not do I heard it. That, I heard that, sis. Thank you for being just a support to me. It is so few of us. I, I, I mean, there are times, and I'm sure you feel the same, that I, I feel like alone. You know, like truly, even though I know I have folks like yourself that are in this space, whether it's you, Tamika, Ben, whoever, but mm-hmm. I feel it is such a small group of us, Yeah. Um, a, a handful that really is okay calling a thing a thing. And we're okay with calling a thing a thing when we're in front of white folks. You know, oh yeah, call and tell them, girl, sis. But then when we start calling a thing a thing in front of black folks, <laughs> then that becomes even a, a bigger problem. So we get mm-hmm. it from every angle. And you and I talked about that the other night and I'm, I'm so grateful for you. We get it from every angle. You get it from black folks, the people you're fighting yeah. for. You Ooh. get it to the people that you're fighting, white folks. I mean, every single angle on what it's like to show up in the room and not intentionally make people uncomfortable, no. but because the uh, the confidence in, in calling a thing a thing, it just, it it bothers people, Ebony. It really, really does. And that's been your whole experience um, with your whole career, right? It it has. And somebody really smart, a good brother of mine named Eugene Scott, he's uh, at the Washington Post, brilliant journalist. I went to, to school with Eugene. We went to UNC together a million years ago. Eugene made a good comment because what you just said, I want to just sit with, which is it's one thing to have, you know, white supremacist uh, and people that do the work of upholding white supremacy, which sometimes quite is kept are not all white people. They ain't the only ones holding it up. Okay. Um, it's one thing to have those people be combative and, and visceral. It's something else for me, at least Tez, it hits different and, and really more painful, much more painful when it is your own people. And one of the comments that I did not anticipate with this work in this space, on this platform, were people of color and really my own Black people, Tez, talking about how uncomfortable I'm making them Mm. by calling a thing a thing on this platform. And, And Eugene said to me, he said, well, Ebony, you have to understand when you do what you do, which is confront the supremacy on its face and you don't let it slide you are holding up a mirror 
to some of us that in our everyday lives, turn the other way and let it slide for the sake of status quo maintenance, for the sake of white comfortability, for the sake of keeping not peace, disturbing not the like peace. Right, 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 right. Not disturbing the peace. And so when, when they have to look at you, mm-hmm. the opposite of what they do every day in their daily lives, it ruffles their spirit. It's mm. something more than they can handle. And so that was a good, a good take because it really, it really lets me not take it personal. Mm-hmm. This is not a visceral reaction to me. I am not making you uncomfortable. Actually, you are seeing a reflection of what you don't do. Mm. And that's what's making you uncomfortable. Mm, 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 mm. Everybody right. needs to do it. Right. Tess. I right. think if we're being honest, yeah, yeah. we have these conversations. Everybody ain't built like you, Tess. And I know yeah. everyone's not built like me. Damn for sure everybody's not built like Tamika. And so this mm-hmm. is not a, a a mandate or an effort to shame those that That's right. do let the things slide or do maintain the status quo for whatever reasons you need yeah. to. Right. But don't shame us. That's right. For moving the way we need to spiritually move. That's right. That's right. Because there's something for everybody to do. I I believe that there's something for everybody to do. But I just find it so interesting. You know, the four or five people that are saying something, you know, I'm just giving an example, four or five people in the room that are saying something. You're so hell bent on making me shut up, you know, uh, but even though you got a thousand people with you, what is it about me that you just feel you must shut down? And, And you're right, Ebony, it holds a mirror up to what people are not doing. And truth be told, this is not easy. This this Oof. this work of having to constantly have an urge. I was watching an interview mm-hmm. that you did earlier, and you said since kindergarten, kindergarten, you said I have the post, uh, the report cards. To prove. <laughs> yes. I always say that same thing because every single report card says yeah. great student talks too much. Great yep. student can't stop talking. I mean, literally every yep. single year. And let me guess, it doesn't matter who they <laughs> sit you next to because they used to move my ass too. I'm going to talk to her too. I don't care. <laughs> That's right. right. <laughs> so when you're called, when you have it in your spirit, I'm telling mm-hmm. you, Ebony, I have, you know, we talked about some traumas, you know, that you have mm-hmm. had and that I've had. And you really struggle with, am I... Am I walking in in, in, in in order what God wants me to do? Am mm-hmm. I making sure? Because that's the only thing. Because if I listen to other folks around me, I would never say anything. Mm-hmm. So many times I have to take a back seat. I have to let stuff slide. I have to level it and, and have to wonder about the consequences, what I call the consequences of consciousness that comes mm-hmm. with it. So when mm-hmm. you're doing that show mm-hmm. and you're being so true to yourself and you're having to ask, well, you know, I'm sure you've had yourself. Am I being too much? Am I yeah. doing, you know, there's a constant struggle is this going to affect my business relationships my personal relationships how am i going to move and i don't think people understand the the weight of that of having to make the decision because most folks just don't make the decision hey i'm just not going to say anything i don't want to set my job i don't want to whatever whatever but the weight of that i I think there's a misconception of thinking that this is something we want to do how did you get called (sighs) um to do this work on real housewives in new york because it's very different um than it's actually the same with Fox, actually, to be quite honest, but Isn't it's very it different. Yeah. <laughs> and you are one of the few people that know how parallel it is. Like, and I say, and I'm not ever joking when I say it, girl, I think people think I'm trying to be cute. I'm not. The The training ground of being in a space like Fox News Network was the perfect preparation for the work I'm doing on Roni, mm-hmm. for all the reasons that I don't have to tell you. And if you don't understand what I said, watch both platforms and you'll see. Um, so. It's heavy work, but you said an important word and that is called. Mm -hmm. 
I believe in calling. Some people are called to pulpits. Some people are called to classrooms. At this juncture in my life, I am. some people are called to public office and leadership. At this point in my life, I'm very clear because I believe in, in prayer and, and meditation. I am clear that God has called me to do this work on this platform at this particular time. I don't know how long that calling will be relevant, right? Um, and that's part of why I'm going to answer one of your other uh, kind of inquiries, which is the constant negotiation I have with myself both when we were taping and even now watching the episodes back, and even as I prepare for the reunion taping, which will be in many weeks, what is too much? When am I doing too much? Why am I also second guessing some of the executive decision making that you see? And you see it. I mean, I, I know you because you catch everything too, like I do. So you see the Malcolm X sweatshirt in the boxing arena. You see uh, the Black Lives Matter mask. You see the exonerated five in Central Park. I carry those brothers with me on intention. You see, uh, I'll speak to this. In th- the recent episode, we had a Halloween pageant party, okay? Mm-hmm. And I went as, uh, she actually was the very first Black contestant to be in Miss America. And uh, the year was, I think it was 1970 on the dot. So mm-hmm. when Luann um, said that that was the theme of the party, my first thought, because, you know, I come from pageants, I was like, could I, could my black ass even be competing in the same pageant with you mm-hmm. in the 1970s? And of course, that's mm-hmm. a thought my castmates never have to contend with. But I had the thought once I realized that was exactly around the era of mainstream pageant integration, I wanted to honor that, Teslin. So to me, and see, I'm getting to the fact that in the confessional, one of my castmates, Ramona Singer, is like, really, Ebony? Really? It, you know, you can never have fun? What I realized, and a lot of black people take that position too, like, damn, sis, you know, we know you, I love what you said, the, um, did you say that was, is it the, the consequence the of consequences con- of consciousness? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so when you're, you're carrying that, it's fun for me to show up in that level of honoring my ancestry and black excellence. So don't get it twisted. Y'all is my point in this. Um, sometimes the work is the heavy that you speak about. Sometimes it's steeped in uh, reiterating vicarious trauma. And sometimes it is just fun. Like when I got to put on that Afro wig and put on my jumpsuit and recite the words, um, the spoken word I did um, is actually a quote from Angela Davis. And that was fun for me. Now I get that that might not be fun for everybody. It wasn't fun for them, yeah. <laughs> oh, they was mad as hell. They was uncomfortable. You saw them looking around. But it yeah. was fun for me. So that is just something I want to make clear that that every negotiation is not me being a martyr to this work. Mm-hmm. Some of this for me is quite enjoyable. You'll see it when we, we don't have an rewarding. episode tonight. Mm-hmm. Right. Very rewarding. But when we come back, um, I bring the ladies to Harlem and I'm not going to give it away, but I curate um, and, and my, uh, you know, good friend, uh, Giselle Phelps, who helped me curate, we curated a beautiful evening of black cuisine and excellence in a black woman's restaurant here in Harlem. Shout out to B Squared and Adrian with music that was Spanish Harlem. Like that shit sets my soul on fire in the best way. Um, so don't don't cry any tears for me around that part of the work, because it's quite beautiful and quite rewarding, as you said.
State Farm Insurance gets it. Representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. State Farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future, building off the hard work our parents have done before us. We all are looking to create generational wealth so that our families and generations behind us have a better starting point than we did. That begins with financial literacy. State Farm helps fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of Black and Brown youth. To date, participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarships offers as a direct result of contributions from State Farm. At Eating Wallbrook, we hear inspiring rags-to-riches stories on each episode from our guests, but with State Farm, you can begin to write your own success story. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. We got to have you back when we have more time, because first of all, I want to talk about you and dating. I want to talk about some fun stuff. I want to talk about I want to talk about this uh, matchmaking you got. But before we close, <laughs> I do want you to know, I want you to know this because um, we didn't get a chance to talk about it the other day. And this is a story that I, so that you know that what you're doing literally is impactful, Ebony. And mm. because you brought up the pageant, I wanted to tell you what I picked up from the pageant. Um, My first pageant, I was 11 years old. Come and on. I won the pageant and my cousin crowned me who now we get along really well. But at that time we did not. She was always, she had resentment against me for various reasons. Um, a lot of issues with abandonment and father. And I know you're getting ready to go into that, mm-hmm. you know, dealing with that too. So I definitely want to have you come back with that. Yeah. So now we're very close, but yeah. at that time we were not. And when I saw these pageant that you did, and this is an honest story, it took me back to that. Mm. And I remember at 11 years old, when I won Miss Sweetheart, I was so excited. I was so excited to get the crown. Mm -hmm. But the person that was giving me the crown didn't want me to win, who was my family. Mm. The the people, the church didn't want me to win. They made a big issue about how LaShonda Young, and I did a spoken word piece. I did a a monologue of Harriet Tubman. Come on. Everybody in the church said, I don't, LaShonda's talent was better. She should have won. She should have won. And girl, I went back to that when you did that episode and mm-hmm. thinking about the people who you learn at an early, because y'all talked about, you know, what it was like yeah. to be in a pageant and be runner up and, mm-hmm. um, you know, feeling that you deserved it and earned it. And then, you know, you guys joked about, oh, you know, whatever well, was some bullshit I should have won. But what you did for <laughs> right. me, Ebony, was make mm-hmm. me go back mm-hmm. to understand, especially of everything that I go through in this space, particularly I have recent. 
that there's just some people that just don't want you to win. And if they felt like that about me at 11, mm-hmm. we had to move churches because of that. Um, because it was that hateful and that, and I, I just couldn't wrap my brain around. Why would you want to take a crown from an 11 year, 11 year, 11 years old girl. So I went to my next church and I found two of my best friends who are my best friends today, uh, who have been my best friends over 30 years. We've been through everything, puberty, high school, college, marriage, kids, motherhood, all of it, all of that. And there's not a lot of women that can say that about relationships, but I'm Mm -hmm. saying all that to say that. Even though they tried to diminish my spirit so young, it taught me a valuable lesson that even plays to now. And and it's what we're talking about. Some people just don't want you to win. But I want you to know that you have sisters like myself and people out there that want you to win, that knows what it Mm. means to have a crown on your head and nobody wanting you to have it, that knows what it means that even the person that crowned you may not want you to have it. And that could be friend, family, lover, whoever, envy, jealous. There's people around you that applaud and clap, but really are not clapping. But you also (laughs) need to know, Ebony, you got people rooting for you. And I have to remind Mm. myself this all the time. People that are rooting for you, that want you to win, that you may not visibly always see. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but but hopefully it, it'll continue to touch your spirit and continue to help help you keep moving in this space. And that episode did a lot for me personally. Now, some of the episodes I want to come slap a few of them for you. <laughs> I'm like, when is Ebony gonna invite her ghetto ass friends? They don't have no episode where, where somebody could come. <laughs> Girl, girl, when they girl, threw that food across too. the table, when they threw that food, I said, now hold up now. I know y'all better make sure that food don't t- <laughs> don't touch uh, Ebony. <laughs> they they gonna get a cease and desist up in this right. room. <laughs> Tessa, I, I, I so love that you shared that. And I wish we had more time too, because I have my own, like a real life pageant story that changed my whole life and trajectory. It was essentially a long story, very short. Um, I was denied a crown. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what you're saying is in, in so many words, there was an effort to deny you of your crown. And this is where the spiritual maturity shows up. Now at 11, we could, you couldn't understand it. When right. mine happened to me, I was 26. So it's still not mature in my faith walk to be candid. Now what I know is God has already crowned us though. Mm -hmm. We are favored. Mm -hmm. It is done. Mm -hmm. It is done. Mm -hmm. So uh, first runner up, winner, mad, not mad, clapping, not clapping. It don't even matter Mm -hmm. because our our crowns sit divinely and visibly everywhere we go. Mm -hmm. And I I do know that there's there's those like you, there's those like Eugene Scott, uh, like uh, da- brother David Johns, who I love so deeply and 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 purposefully, um, that do pour into the work that we do, and that's why I picked up the phone the other night because I don't always I'm not good with time, I don't always reach out when when I should, but sometimes it just gets on my heart space to say like, sis, I see you, you know what I mean? I see you, I hear you. I revere you. I'm still learning along with you. And it's important. Um, And I just love that about your platform because you don't just do that for me. I see you doing that for many others, Teslin. And it's one of the things I really respect and admire about you. And I I do hope people follow your lead. There are many people, and I'm going to tell you this, quiet is kept. Even amongst this, um, and it is a sisterhood uh, of those of us that are fellow housewives on various shows in various cities. There needs to be more of that. Okay, there needs to be more of us that occupy these platforms because, for whatever our intention to be on the show is, we all have powerful, powerful impact. Teslin, I'm gonna tell you this I've been on Fox News, 
CNN, HLN, all these things, Fox Sports, all these different platforms, ain't nothing can touch the impact of being on this Bravo Housewives franchise platform. It is not even just the number of viewers because it doesn't match cable news numbers. But there is something about, I guess it's the peeling back of the curtain of the intimate parts of your life, too, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that people feel they are in relationship with you. And that is powerful. So I do want to just use these final moments to just invite all of my sisters that share in this enormous privilege of occupying these kind of platforms. Um just make sure we're we're pouring into each other yeah, and yeah. creating space, you know, Publi- and and publicly pouring into each other. And that's what yes. I appreciate about you. We show love publicly. Yeah. You know, the DM is one thing, but love mm-hmm. me in public. What What is I it? Know, that's, behind, that's a whole nother conversation. But yeah, I, but I appreciate true. you loving me in public. You know, this idea mm-hmm. of. Well, you know, mm-hmm. I don't want to blow their head up or whatever. Why not? I'm blowing up yours oh, every no. day. I'm I'm fighting every for day. us. So why not? Mm-hmm. Why not? I want I want to get it as big as possible. So Yeah. Sister Kimberly Jones is another one. She I just saw her down in Atlanta um doing important work and she came to support the work I was doing with Revolt on the Juneteenth special. Dr. Contessa uh, Metcalf and Dr. Simone Whitmore, dope queens from Married to Medicine, loving on each other and young ones that are coming in. And we're we're of the age, Tez, where we have this whole new generation up underneath us, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that we are pouring into. So let's normalize that. I yeah. love what you let's love. Let's normalize loving on your sisters and brothers in public. Yeah, 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 yeah. We need more of that. We do. We do. Well, thank you, yeah. sis, so much. I, there's so much we got to talk about. Yeah, we got to. We I got stuff. to come back. Yeah. Um, but it's some fun stuff. And once once this storyline with you see me going on this journey to find my father, it it gets extremely deep. Um, and really, really, it's, it's very powerful. And I can't wait to discuss it more when it starts to unfold. For those of you that has not watched, please make sure you watch. I have enjoyed watching you show vulnerability that I haven't seen. Um, showing class. Having the best nice nasty uh, in the business, in case people don't pick it up. I, I love it. Ain't nothing like checking somebody with a smile <laughs> mm-hmm. and still checking who those who think they're uncheckable and doing it all beautiful all the time. Even when they she made the comment, uh, what's name made the comment one time? I think it was uh forgot which one it was, but she said, Do you always have to get dolled up every time? Yeah, oh, every Ramona. time. Yeah, Ramona. Yeah, every <laughs> time she do it every time. <laughs> Yeah, every time. So that, no days off. Just, All right, sis. I love you. But I love I'll you. talk to you soon. Make sure you come back. I know you got a hard app. For those who listen, she got to get a hard app. But thank you so much, Ebony, for joining us. Thank you, Queen T. I'll see you soon, love. We will see her next time again. Holding court. Make sure you watch it every Tuesday. Real Housewives New York. Watch my girl, Ebony K. Williams. Peace. If you like what you heard on Straight Shot No Chaser, please subscribe and drop a five-star review and tell a friend. Straight Shot No Chaser is a production of the Black Effect Podcast Network and iHeartRadio. I'm Tizzle Figaro, and I'd like to thank our producer, editor, mixer, the one and only Marcy DePina, our mix master, Dwayne Crawford, and our executive producer, Charlemagne Lagarde. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.